Hey, welcome back to another episode of e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify. I'm your host, Nathan Resnick. And today we're joined by Emmanuel Rose from Strategic E-Marketing. Emmanuel, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. I'm glad to be here and have this conversation with you. So I want to start and learn more about how you founded Strategic E-Marketing. What's that story? How did you get into it? Let's let's hear a bit of background before we dive in. <laughs> Yeah, you bet. Uh, it was about 13 years ago, and I had just uh, just gotten f uh, fired from a job I had for like three months, where um, the job before that, I had gotten uh, reneged on a big sales bonus. And so uh, I had these two really bad experiences in a row, and I was like, clearly, this is not uh, working out. So what's what's new? What's going on? What can I get into? I've always been in sales and marketing. I'm like, social media is just uh, catching fire. And so uh, I threw my shingle out as a marketing consultant and was one chapter ahead of uh, my my clients. And that was 13 years ago. And I still feel like I'm just one chapter ahead of the clients. <laughs> there we go. Well, I think it's an interesting time to be in marketing, right? Because so many people are talking about AI and how that's going to impact marketing. And, you know, I, I'm curious, I mean, what do you see on the horizon for marketing, right? Is it all about AI? Is there still authenticity to be had without AI? I mean, give us kind of the inside scoop here. Well, I think it is exciting and it's amazing the uh, the quality of tools that are coming out and the the breadth of marketing tools, right? So, the, the the big computing, you know, has been around since the 50s. It was kind of the beginning of the AI movement. Um, but the, the the power of the cloud now is really uh, amazing. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm sure you're using it every day. I'm using tools every day, and I'm seeing new tools every day. So that part's awesome. Um, you know, in some ways, marketing's gotten easier. In other ways, marketing's gotten more challenging because we've got to learn how to use all these tools. and We've got to use them in a way that it still feels like we're talking one to one to the people who want to uh, who need the products or services that we're talking about. So, yes, I think authenticity is still possible uh, and and necessary. And and uh, two, a lot of people are are not paying attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Let's dive into that kind of one-on-one -on -one authenticity. You know, if you're a brand trying to scale up, right, it's hard to continue to have that one-on-one -on -one type of touch with your customers as you grow, right? Yeah. And so I'm curious, what kind of strategic initiatives have you seen work when brands try to scale up and try to continue to have a more personal connection? And, you know, what what's kind of working in today's world, if there are any kind of AI tools that you've you've used to continue to you know build that one-on-one -on -one touch as you as you grow a marketing strategy and campaign yeah i think the the real secret is really a fundamental of marketing which is that we want to continue to stratify into demographics and psychographics and understand uh who these these groups are specifically so if our if we're running a fitness product or a gym we want to target women. We want to target 45 to 50-year-old women and then build the message specifically for that stratified group versus all women who are, uh, you know, are going to join a gym or get a 
personal trainer or take a Pilates class or buy Lululemon type clothing, right? So it's about stratification and, and digging in to that ideal client um, uh, persona type and then uh, building material for for that specifically. So um, sometimes that gets lost, right? Because we're like, we're so like, we just got to put up numbers and this is our who we think we know we want to target. Um, but we got to tailor the messages and, and take the time to tailor messages. Makes sense. I mean, how do you think a brand should go about tailoring their messages, right? Because I think sometimes as you scale messaging changes, as you try to expand your, your demographic or reach messaging changes, I mean, some brands, you know, just start focused on on men right and then they say hey we want to actually launch a, yeah. a woman's line or a female line you know what does that strategy look like you know how do you kind of expand your messaging or how have you find ways to you know pivot your messaging to attract a wider audience yeah well there's a couple of things i love to actually talk to the humans who are already purchasing um either my product or or a, a direct one-to-one -one competitor and so that way we can get the feedback uh, from the actual humans and then we get language from them and then we can take that language and use it in in the marketing as well so um, that's if you don't have any customers if you do have customers in, in where you're trying to reach into then you want to take the time to to get feedback from them through re the review process or whatever that makes sense that way and then replicate um, those reviews out into the target market. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I think it's it's kind of crazy how so few people and marketers actually talk to the people that they're trying to market to. They don't have that that human connection with their potential customers, and they just forget who they're actually trying to target. Sometimes, and I think it you know goes a long way to you know have user surveys or just call some of your your previous customers and say, Hey, why did you buy my product? Right. And very few people do that. And it's really, I think, insightful to understand, Oh, well, you know, I bought it because I saw this influencer using it or because I saw this, you know, Facebook ad or whatever it may be. Um, I know a lot of what you talk about is targeting Gen Z and in particular, you know, this, this generation of, of, uh, you know, up and comers. So I'm curious, you know, for brands that are targeting Gen Z, what's kind of the marketing plan that you set forth? I mean, is it around using influencers? Is it, you know, uh, all focused on social media? What, what does that typically look like? Yeah. When you're, when you're starting an initiative to go after a, a certain target like this, then um, especially with disease, they're, they're super um, attuned like you're talking about influencers or, or what we call a social CEO, right? So the Kylie Jenners and Richard Branson's of the of Elon Musk, those 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 are the rock stars of CEOs. But the, a small brand can do the same thing with, um, first of all, accepting that they need to tell the story and that um, that this demographic wants to see not just solid products and services, but they want to understand who that the 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 ceo is who the company is what they stand for um what kind of a community involvement what kind of staffing um uh, and uh and and even want to see about your family and some of the things that you're doing in your off time 
So this very simple content calendar of Monday mornings, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., the CEO with the iPhone gives the 90-second video catch-up of here's the employee of the week, here's my favorite customer, here's a fundraiser that I went to, uh, here's a product or service that's new or why we, we built it. But that 90 seconds encapsulation from the CEO Hit that video, send that video out to marketing or out to the agency. Let them work the magic uh, to 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 post that where it needs to go and create social and all those things that, that happen from that uh, content. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. I'm curious, too, because a lot of companies, you know, have faced challenges with different Google updates and, you know, they want to have a strong blog strategy. I know you blog quite a bit. How have you seen that change over time? I mean, you've been you know, running a marketing agency and consultancy practice for uh, a long time now. And so you've seen how blogging has changed quite a bit. You know, I guess maybe give us a brief history of, 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 you know, what you've seen change and then any strategies that you're, you know, uh, implementing right now to further expand the initiative. I mean, there was a point in which a blog was the actual, the whole, the whole product, right? Like companies would just have a blog site and, um, and people would go in and actually communicate the way that we do on social media posts. Um, you know, and that's morphed over time. The blog had been the hub of all of our content strategy. Um, now it's, it really is video as the hub and cause you can take and, and, and then create blog posts from all your videos, obviously. Um, and so it's kind of, it's second in the chain versus being the hub. Now it's still important. We still have to have good SEO. We still have to have, uh, good, uh, content for people to do self-education. Uh, we need the content, um, for social media posts. And, uh, we want to show that we are thought leaders or we're up with trends. So, so the blog's still important, uh, but really the best, best practice and the most important thing for a brand is to, to, use video as, as the, the precursor of it. And then you have all the options in the, in the marketing universe now to use that content. Makes a lot of sense. You know, for an e-commerce brand specifically, I think very many of these brands overlook blogging and they just focus on social. Have you seen yeah. different brands repurpose their social media into blogs or kind of what, what does that look like? Yeah, that's it's uh, a little bit more challenging to do it that way because you're going short form to long form. But it is a way, I mean, if you're going to use Claude or Chat GPT, then you, you can't take those shorter posts, um, add add some keyword in a, in a voice prompt to it, and then build out these, you know, 700, 800 word uh, blog posts from those. Of course, you still have to have some human editing in there to get rid of um the, all the the weird stuff <laughs> that's still yeah. happening but yeah it's easier to repurpose that now than it has been for sure got it makes sense in this kind of holiday season what do you think is the biggest driver for growth for an e-commerce brand right is it kind of your traditional social Ooh. media channels is it i mean they're facing some headwinds right now and and just kind of curious what you've seen you know uh from a marketing strategy as you plan to launch some of these holiday offers yeah, I, I think you know the Black Friday Cyber Monday routine is still uh, is still an important sequence. Um, you know, what I I really like to always engage my top spenders as much as possible with with um, great 
great offers during this time of the year. Um, I think also, um, you know, the, the Gen Z doesn't really like to get email marketing. They don't care about that. They don't want to get it in their text. So, um, the way to kind of, to, to trigger those guys is to, uh, kind of put the marketing into the notifications about shipping or, uh, you know, where the package is or where the status of the order is. And so that's where they're open to other offers typically versus, you know, you know, like I'm an X and, and the boomers who are older, you know, we, we're still consuming email marketing, but you're in an avalanche time, right? Like it's the number of messages we're getting from now until uh, the end of the year is, is overwhelming truly for all of us. So going to your, the people who know you the best, to me, that's the place where you're going to be able to mine um, the, the best ROI during, uh, during holiday. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, Emmanuel, as we wrap up here, my final question to you is, you know, what, what do you think is the biggest unlock or have you seen to be the biggest unlock for a brand to go from, you know, let's say a million to five or $10 million in sales. I mean, we have a lot of e-commerce founders that are listening in. Sure. They're at that, you know, a few hundred K, maybe million mark. They want to start growing. You know, what can they do or what strategies can you share, you know, last, last minute here to uh, help these brands grow? Is to look at your allocation and your pay-per-click spending and how you're using your social media ad spend. Uh, and to make sure that you're, like we're talking about, that you're really stratifying and micro niching into very clear demos and, and psychographics to uh to make clear precise offers that are that run through the through the whole funnel right that and create uh a trial whether that's educational or a small purchase but so that you're running those ads into trial and then you're able to to, to remarket them um after they have some uh experience with the brand Got it. Got it. Well, Emmanuel, thanks again for coming on e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify. If people want to get in touch or follow you, where can they find you? EmmanuelRose.com. That's the easiest spot. <laughs> All right. There we go. EmmanuelRose.com. Thank you again for coming on and thank you everyone for listening in to this episode of e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify.